Today on CityCast Pittsburgh, it's the most unpredictable time of the year. No, it's not Pittsburgh Spring of Deception, but March Madness. The NCAA Men's Tournament comes through Pittsburgh this year for the first and second rounds of games, and things look a little different this year. For one, no more bubble games. And two, the women's tournament has expanded to 68 games, much like the men's, after a gender inequity report found we have a long way to go. Today we're talking with former WNBA player and Pittsburgh native Ashley Battle, who is very familiar with tournament because she's won three of them. It's Thursday, March 10th. I'm Morgan Moody, and this is CityCast Pittsburgh. So, how many brackets do you usually fill out for March Madness? Oh, so when I was a kid, I used to fill out a lot of brackets for March Madness because my aunt would have a poll a bracket challenge at work. So I would do multiple brackets for her job. She would put me in the competition. And then I would do a couple for my own, for just our like family pool. I did that too, but only for the men's. I'm dating myself here. Uh, They only ever had the men's bracket like in the newspaper. And uh, maybe if you could print it off on the internet, well, that was still a thing. Did you fill out just the men's? Did you do women's brackets back then? When growing up, I only filled out the men's bracket. But then, um, you know, once I got heavily involved in women's basketball, I would fill out a women's basketball bracket as well. How did you do, though? Did you win? Because I used to win. Usually I'm pretty good at it. Mm-hmm. Well, I can, I <laughs> like, can imagine. I've been pretty good at picking teams. Um for March Madness. I've won my aunt's bracket a few times as a kid. Yeah, I filled out brackets like during school, during math class, <laughs> in college, you know, at, at my work. I, I won quite a few times. I'm sure you did better than me. Um, but so this year, the women's tournament has expanded to 68 games. It used to be 64. It's mostly in response to the NCAA's gender equity report that came out last year. There were a couple waves. Uh, One of them focused on disparities in the facilities between the men's and women's ball. I very specifically remember the video coming out last year from Sedona Prince, which we all saw. I'm sure you know the video I'm talking about, right? Oh, I do. I got something to show y'all. So for the NCAA March Madness, the biggest tournament in college basketball for women, this is our weight room. Let me show y'all the men's weight room. Now, when pictures of our weight room got released versus the men's, the NCAA came out with a statement saying that it wasn't money, it was space that was a problem. Let me show y'all something else. Here's our practice court, right? And then here's that weight room. And then here's all this extra space. If you aren't upset about this problem, then you're a part of it. Oh, yeah. I mean, with the bu- it was like the bubble with the men's and women's tournament, the weight rooms. I mean, it was terrible. The weight room that was literally just a rack of weights for women. Um, and that was it. The cafeteria space. I mean, all of it was it was horrible. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, you know, the good thing is, is that that's, that's brought about some change. But did you ever feel when you played at UConn, I mean, granted, you were part of, you know, a dynasty. So I imagine that your team was treated pretty well. But did you ever feel that there were like any inequities between um, any other women's teams or your women's team versus the men's? 
Uh, at UConn, it was very even, even killed. Um, whatever the men got, we got. Whatever we got, they got. Our locker rooms were identical. And even now at UConn, there's a, a practice facility for both men's and women's basketball, and both sides are a mirror image of each other. So there hasn't, I haven't seen any discrepancies as far as inequities for women's and men's basketball. And as the tournament goes, it's typically it goes like if you're the number one seed overall, you get the best hotel in the city. The number two seed gets the second best hotel in the city and so on and so forth. So there's, you know, NCAA deemed hotels and then you kind of kind of go from there. But again, we've been at UConn. I think, you know, I've probably been a little bit spoiled to what teams get as far as flying private and eating at really nice restaurants and stuff like that. I'm not quite sure all teams um, have that same luxury. Yeah. So maybe you were spoiled in college, but then you played a few seasons with the New York Liberty and WNBA. In a lot of ways, it still hasn't quite caught up to the men's side, especially the pay differences. Um, But a lot of women uh, in the WNBA play overseas during the offseason, mostly for pay. Um, I know you did, too. Have you seen are you following at all what's what's going on with Brittany Griner? Yeah, I mean, it's it's just really insane to really think about, you know, because we're just getting the information. She's been locked up for three weeks already. And you're like, how is she? What's going on? Is her civil rights being violated? Like, I mean, there's so many things that as a person and as a friend, you're just concerned with. Yeah, so she plays for the Phoenix Mercury um, back here in the States. She's broken a ton of records. One of the biggest stars in the league, literally. She's so tall. And she's just on top of her game. And right Right. now she's currently in custody in Russia because officials say she had some vape pens or something allegedly in her bag. Right, right. What did you think when you first saw the news? Yeah, I was like, fuck. Yeah. You know, like I was was just really shocked and my heart dropped for her yeah did you ever have like any issues or run-ins like that in any of the other countries that you played in that scared you right i had one issue and and i i really feel for Brittany, and i hope she comes home soon uh the last thing you want is is to be locked up abroad i used to watch that tv show and used to scare the crap out of me right um so i i really hope that she could get home soon and and i hope she's not going to be used as a political pawn within this whole dichotomy of of russia and the united states and and um ukraine and in the war that's currently going on so I, i really hope she gets to come home soon um as far as what happened to me yes i did have an incident um so in a lot of these countries you can get a visa to go in the country and typically teams will ask you to just get a visa versus a, like a visitor visa versus getting like a employee visa because the pay is different, the taxes, all different types of stuff. So I was playing in Turkey and you get the visa at the airport, you stand in line, they give you a sticker. And so I decided when I went to Turkey, I went right before Christmas. So I was there maybe like two weeks before Christmas. I came home at Christmas and then I left again after Christmas. Now I decided once the season was over, I was like, oh man, you know, I think I'm going to stay like an extra two weeks, sightsee, see some friends who are still like in the playoffs, watch some games and then come home. So I did all of that and I get to the airport and they're like, you come here. And it's like the scariest thing ever when you're just pointed out of the customs line 
for them to like look at your passport. You go in a back room and you're just like, what is going on? So they're pretty much t- yeah. they're pretty much telling me that I've been in the country longer than 90 days. And we couldn't find my stamp. Mm-hmm. You could only find the stamp before Christmas, but I had another stamp when I left and came back after Christmas. And I'm like, this isn't right. Like, you got to find it. got to find it. And so I almost missed my flight. It took maybe like 20, 30 minutes to find the stamp, the correct stamp, because I don't know if you've traveled internationally, but, you know, you have these little sections where countries could stamp at, but no one ever goes in order. No. They literally just randomly pick a page and then they stamp it. And so you have to like flip through the booklet. And if you've traveled as much as I have, you have extra pages in your book. So you're just flipping, flipping, flipping through trying to find the stamp. Uh, But luckily I didn't miss my flight and I was able to get home uh, safely. And the last, that was the only incident I had. I had another incident where I had air infections on a plane. Do not recommend. Yeah. Do not recommend. That it's that it's terrifying that. though, like to be to be in another country, especially as a black woman and just as a black Absolutely. person. Period. Um, you know that's terrifying to end up in having legal trouble, <laughs> nearly legal trouble, um, abroad. Yeah, you don't want it. You don't want it. And you know, I hope Brittany's not talking, and someone from the embassy is able to help her. I mean, who even knows if there's even an, any Americans still in Russia? So, like, I mean, it's just. It's a really sad situation, and, and I, I hope she could get home soon because that is – I mean, there's – I don't want to be in jail anywhere. Right, but certainly not alone. when a war breaks out. Right, right. But she was there to play. You know, she's playing for a Russian basketball team. Uh, when the Americans over there got word a few weeks ago, honestly, that they needed to get the hell out. And I'm sure her decision to play there is really a lot about money. You can make back a lot of money that you don't make in the WNBA. But do players go over there also to just kind of stay in shape or like what what other reasons are there? Like what were your reasons for playing overseas? Uh, the money was you know, definitely really good. And, you know, you're able to stay in shape as well. So it's kind of a double edged sword there where you're getting paid pretty well. Um, you can go stay in shape and game ready shaped because, uh, as you know, playing basketball and being in game ready shape is completely different than than just working out. And for me, I really enjoyed seeing the world on somebody else's dime. So I, there's no way that, you know, I probably would have left the country to go to Italy, to Spain, to see all these different um, countries and seeing churches that are BC. I mean, there's just so many different historical uh, artifacts over in Europe that I really enjoyed looking at. Why, why is the pay overseas so much better than it is here in the States? Well, if you look at the structure of the leagues, they're different. Overseas, you don't have a salary cap. Here you do. Hmm. Um, So overseas, you can literally get a sponsor to come in and sponsor one person, you know, where all those sponsorship dollars goes to that salary. Where overseas or here in the States, it's completely the structure of the league is completely different. Yeah. You know, to me, the WNBA players, a lot of them are trendsetters. You know, they do a lot as far as activism and raising awareness. And some of that 
I don't know, I guess the best way for me to say this is that sometimes it gets appropriated, you know, by the male players. Oh, no doubt. A lot of people don't realize the t-shirts that they saw a ton of NBA players wearing, the I Can't Breathe shirts. Yeah. That all started in the women's league. Minnesota. Yeah. I mean, Maya Moore, you know, if you don't know her, Google her. She does a lot of work to get uh, wrongful convictions overturned, plays in the WNBA and played for Minnesota. But do you feel like the women are kind of setting the tone for a lot of things? And if they are, do you feel like, are they getting the attention they're due? Right. It's it's ironic that you say that because I have on a vote shirt right now that is WNBA. Yeah. So always, I mean it's always. Yeah. So it's um ironic that you should mention that. But the women have always been the first to set the trend. Um whether it's I can't breathe, whether it's um, you know, literally changing the outcome of voting in Georgia. I mean that literally happened. Um and standing up for for different rights of African American, especially women. I mean, they've always been at the forefront of of this message, and and it's crazy because once the the men see it and they adopt it, it like goes to another stratosphere, right? You know, because media attention picks it up, and they and they think, well, you know, LeBron was oh, he's gotten everybody to do this, but in actuality, they they've learned from their sisters and. And, you know, we're thankful for the men to adopt a lot of that, too, because it becomes national, global. It gains that attention and and not everybody has the platform of a LeBron James. So it's grateful to that they watch, that they know, they appreciate and they respect women's sports and women's players. And um, and when they feel as though we're speaking truths, (laughs) you know, they they definitely want to speak that truth and be with us. But is anyone sending you flowers? Like, are you getting the credit? No. Is the league getting enough credit? No, we don't get the same level of credit because there's not as much media attention towards women's sports. You know, I think if there was, you know, the same amount of media attention going towards women's sports, then they, then the world would know, you know, that it was, it's not a trend. It's something that women take seriously. What do you think needs to change to bring more awareness to to women's sports? I really think there needs to be more women's allies in positions that can fight to have more women's sports on television. So, you know, it's like it's ebbs and flows, really. Because if UConn lost when I was playing, I couldn't watch Sports Center for a week. <laughs> it was it was it, it was it was not something that happened often. It's still not something that happens often under Coach Gino. Absolutely, that's your old coach. Yeah, I I couldn't watch it because I knew they're going to be talking about us, and then you know, oh my God, UConn loses. You know what I mean? Like it was just one of those things. I'm like, yeah, I can't watch Sports Center for a week. Them's was the days. <laughs> And Ashley, what are you up to now? I know you're in Kansas City this week um, for the Big 12 tournament. Are you working on the men's side now too? Oh, yeah. I am heavily involved in the game uh, on the men's side. I'm currently a scout for the Celtics. I mean, March is like the best time of the year. There's a lot of it NBA is. games. It's college. Uh, it's it's nonstop. So I, I really enjoy what I do. And it's a lot of fun. Um, get some barbecue, watch some basketball. It's going to be great. Oh, well, thank you so much, Ashley. Thank you for your time. Um, and thank you for taking the time out to talk to us today. You're very welcome. Some more news before you go. 
The Pittsburgh Foundation and the United Way are partnering for a good cause. It's the United for Ukraine campaign, which is sending money to Romania, Hungary, and Poland to help people there with all sorts of stuff, transportation, food, shelter, medicine, childcare, and more. Check that link out in our show notes. Now to a bunch of bridge updates because it's Pittsburgh. Mayor Ed Ganey says that Pittsburgh will reinspect all city-owned bridges that are rated in poor condition. City Council also approved $2.5 million in repairs for the 30th Street Bridge and construction for the Fern Hollow Bridge will start in April. And let us know if you're filling out a March Madness bracket this year. We'll be posting the brackets from the CityCast team on our social next week after the schedules are announced on Sunday. Megan and I are ready to play. Francesca's choosing based on mascots, which she'll probably win based on that. And Matt says he's going to use a dartboard to make his picks. One of the rare times being bad at darts is potentially great. That's all for today here on CityCast Pittsburgh. We hope you're loving the show, but make sure you're hitting up the newsletter too. Francesca's always curating the best of Pittsburgh. That's pittsburgh.citycast.fm. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. See you then. Oh, Pitt used to be like, <laughs> oh my God, they would be like, a number one seed and lose in the first round. You just yeah. be like, what? Like, I'll never, I'll never forget. Right. Like, you can't rely on Pitt. <laughs> <laughs>